Thank you very much. I'll get there in a moment to the Bible reading. Um, have you ever had times when the Bible, parts of the Bible, just suddenly come alive to you afresh? Well, as I was worshipping earlier, uh, first song and just joining with you as I've come over here, I just got a fresh sense of when the early church began and the apostles began to go and to plant churches in Colossae and Thessalonica and Corinth and different places. And you can imagine Paul and others, they'd started meeting a few people down by the river and then their fledgling churches began to grow in homes and they thought, are these little things going to survive? Are they going to grow and develop? Will they catch the wind of the spirit and take off? And as I was just kind of worshipping with you, that kind of came alive to me because we've prayed and we've stepped out and there's something new that God is doing here and that sense of what God is doing amongst you is special to see and it just feels as if you know when I pray I pray for you and with you and um, it reminds me of Philippians 1 where Paul is praying for that church in Philippi you can imagine it's a church a bit like you guys you've started something they've been going and he says I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That sense of, you know, these things come alive when you're actually living out what it is to do what Jesus called us to do. And what you're doing has proven to be the most effective form of evangelism ever, which is church planting. And one of the things you're doing this afternoon in your vision is to learn about what a church is which is missional rather than just attractional. It's not just about come to us, but we're going to you. And that's exactly what you are doing. So it's great that we are partnering and encouraging. And I hear stories from Johnny throughout the week of what's been going on. But being here really brings it alive. I went to the earlier service a um, few uh, minutes ago, speaking of that. First time I've been to that, that was quite an experience. <coughs> All the uh, incense and various other things, but great to be here and enjoying uh, meeting with you. So we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, uh, the last few verses, verses 42 to 47 which I think is one of my favorite passages in the whole of Scripture. So you've got a Bible, it's 1094. Uh, we're going to look at that and read that together. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The message version says this. That day, about 3,000 took Peter at his word, were baptized and signed up. What is it that they signed up for? And with 3,000 new people, how did they organize themselves? How did it grow so quickly? And what was the membership criteria for this new group of people? Well, today I want to borrow a phrase from Dr. Martin Luther King. And he used the phrase, the beloved community. 
the beloved community. And what we're doing is we are building the beloved community here at St. Mary's St. George's and at uh, St. Andrew's. So if we as Christians are followers of Christ, then we're called to work to build this beloved community. And um, I think you'd probably agree with me that community, as we looked at earlier, that word, has kind of lost a bit of the heart of what it really is about. Uh, Community really is something that over the years is about people forming bonds around particularly something which either is geographical or a a group of people in an area, uh, whether it's an estate or an interest, and are passionate around that. But because over the last 30, 40, 50 years, individualism has taken over as the primary kind of raison d'etre for many people, community has suffered. And so we see more and more people are isolated and out of touch, even with their neighbours. Mother Teresa said, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or tuberculosis, but the feeling of being unwanted, uncared for, and deserted by everybody. So the question is, does this isolation, this individualism, actually matter? Does this loss make any difference to our well-being? Well, two Christian psychologists, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, said this in a great book called How People Grow. They said, people's most basic need in life is relationship. People connected to other people thrive and grow. And those not connected wither and die. It is a medical fact, for example, that from infancy to old age, health depends on the amount of social connection people have. Infants and older people die from a lack of relationship, and those in middle age suffer and fail to recover from illness. At the emotional level, they say, connection is the sustaining factor for the psyche, the heart, and the spirit. Virtually every emotional and psychological problem, from addictions to depression, has alienation or emotional isolation at its core or close to it. And they say this, recovery from these problems always involves helping people to get more connected to each other at deeper and healthier levels than they are. In other words, the worst thing we can do is to isolate people from one another, which is exactly what we're doing in the Western world. But when you read the Bible, you see a radically different alternative. It's called the church. It's called the church. So if you look around this morning, you are a radically alternative to what is in the culture, the prevailing culture today. So in the passage we've had read in verse 42, here's a summary of the passage. It says... They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. When I was interviewed for the role of vicar at St. Andrews many, many, many years ago, they said, come to the interview, I'll ask you a number of questions, but we want you to come and share something for five minutes from a passage of the Bible you are passionate about. So I chose this passage. Because this passage, to me, sums up what a church can be where people are serving Christ, serving one another, and serving their community. And people, as it were, are banging on the doors to be part of it. So when I shared that and was given by Johnny this passage, 
It was an easy one to speak about because it just overflows from who I am or what I want to see happen. I remember a, a few years ago when I was working in Luton in a church. It was a sort of church plant. It had already been started. It was in a community centre. Uh, it was in a badminton hall, basically, which was a scruffy, run-down hall, probably just as tall as this. No soundproofing. You've got wonderful kind of soundproofing now, but the echo was dreadful. And when anybody walked out to go to the toilet on these wooden floors and they had high heels on, it was echoing all the way out. The music was just, well, it wasn't very good. And um, I just thought, why would anybody want to come to this? But I remember one family came one Sunday with quite young children. And when they came in, they kind of settled in. They went to the children's stuff, which is about six or seven children that Debbie was running. And uh, afterwards, they said to me, it feels as if we've come home. I thought, really, to this? But it wasn't about all the stuff and the music which wasn't that brilliant or whatever. It was about people. It was about relationship. And that's really what we are. We are people and relationship with others. They discovered a glimpse of the beloved community. So two simple things I want to pull out from this passage. Firstly, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. That's the, the words that the NIV uses. The message says they committed themselves. New King James says they continued steadfastly. We might well say, I'm all in. I'm all in to this. You know, often I'm asked by people, you know, I want to join St. Andrews or whatever it is. Where do I sign? What does it mean to sign up to be a member of this place? And uh, I'll say to people, well, it could be the electoral roll, but that really doesn't really say it. So we don't have a place you sign up. It's more about what you do to say you remember the, the activities, the things that you are part of. And I say it's a bit like this. It's come, belong, serve, and give. Come. Commit yourself to being part of a worshipping community, probably on a Sunday for us. Belong by joining a small group, group of people you can get to know and be accountable with. Serve. Use the gifts God has given you somewhere. We've all got gifts to use those. And then give. Give financially towards the vision and mission and the life of the church. And that's what I generally say to people. That's what we are about. And um, I know that many of you here are really committed to what God is doing here and would be saying, yeah, if I think about those things, yeah, I come along, I, I serve, I give, I belong. I've got those things. But the vision this afternoon you'll be looking at means how do we then develop that to be an outward-focused group of people serving this community? So what I see of you is that you are devoted to the vision that God has called you to. They devoted themselves. And then secondly, it says all the believers were together. All the believers were together. Of two contexts, the temple and the home. The temple and the home. We might say the church and the home. The larger and the smaller. It says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Four elements that made up their life. The teaching, the fellowship, breaking of bread in the context of a meal and prayer. Sometimes in the temple, sometimes in the home. Sometimes we do things in larger numbers, sometimes in smaller numbers. But the important thing is they were together, which goes right back to God's desire for us and humanity, relationship with God and with one another. Do you know that the worst form of punishment that you can give someone 
is not beating them, not confiscating their property. It's solitary confinement. We know relationships are vital for us. And the answer that God has given us is the beloved community. So what practices are there available to help us move out of isolation into that place of belonging? It's interesting, as you were forming this group, this missional community, back in kind of January time, uh, you were beginning to meet together regularly. You were prayer walking. You were having meals together. And um, somebody said to me, when you were still part of, uh, in January, February, still coming along on Sunday mornings, they said, you can tell the people who are part of this new missional community. You can tell the way they relate to one another, the way they're talking with one another. That sense of friendship is growing amongst them because you are all in. And that sense of being committed to praying together, you've got a shared vision and a shared mission, and you've got community. That missional community was really coming alive. And people noticed it, and people wanted to experience something of that for themselves. And it's something you've taught us at St. Andrews is about when there's a clear vision and a mission and when you're gathered in community together, there's something incredibly powerful about that. And it's something at St. Andrews we need also to learn from. So I want to encourage you in that. You have something special here which God is working on. And as people see that, my prayer is as you go out and people connect with you, there'll be a real sense of growth not just in numbers, but also in community. So what does that then mean for you? It means, as we've said, worshiping together. You do that on a Sunday. It means praying together. It means breaking bread, either in homes or as you gather here. And I would encourage you to not just stay with those you know, but to expand that, to invite people to meals in your homes, whether it's coffee, whether it's barbecue this time of year, if the rain stops just to enjoy the sense of community, because that's what people want. I can think of two families in St. Andrews who would point back to when they first came to their first Sunday, that it was straight afterwards they were invited to a meal at someone's home, and because of that, they stayed. The Britons told me recently that back in the 80s, I think it was, they first came along and Phil and Heather Graham got to know them. And the church at that time had just... Uh, For that season, they said, we're stopping small groups for this term. And we want everybody to invite others who maybe they don't know so well for a meal to get to know them. And it was that Sunday that the the, uh, Britain clan, with their very young children, met Phil and Heather and said, come back to our place. And said, because of that welcome, because of that hospitality, they stayed. Mike and Cindy Jones said to me that when they came back from Turkey, they They came to St. Andrews on a Sunday, not thinking they'd stayed because they weren't Anglican. They didn't know anything about an Anglican church. But afterwards, uh, we were having a barbecue, and we just said, well, come to our house and have a barbecue. And Mike said, because of that invitation and that hospitality, they stayed. People just want to be loved and welcomed. The service might be amazing, but if people don't make connections and relationships, they won't stay. So may I encourage you, be as hospitable and as welcoming as you possibly can. Because sometimes, even though we don't realize it, 
we have little cliques that we form. And it can even be around setting up the church. Somebody comes in and you're so busy setting up, you don't notice the new person. Or afterwards, you've got so much to do afterwards, you don't notice the people who need talking to. Or next door in the coffee. Always be that outward focus, not just on the job. It's people before tasks. And I have to keep telling myself that. That it's about people. Jesus was always people focused. And that's what we are called to be. So what I'd love you to do in your little groups that you're in, in community, is two questions. So this is what you do, which is great. First question, what do you enjoy most in this beloved community? What do you enjoy most in this beloved community? And secondly, what one thing would help us to grow even stronger as a beloved community here at SMG? So what do you enjoy most about things now? And what one thing do you think you could do to grow stronger as a beloved community? Is that all right? Off you go. Uh, If I could get Toby and the band back up, that would be great.